Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Into the final hour of WEEI Football Sunday, getting you ready for the Patriots and the Giants, which come your way at uh, 1 o'clock. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is two-time Super Bowl champion and uh, former New England Patriot Christian Fourier. He's proudly presented by the VA New England Healthcare. Are you a veteran? VA New England Healthcare provides state-of-the-art healthcare benefits to those who served. Call 844-VA-CARES, 844-VA-CARES. Good afternoon, Foyer. Hello, and good morning, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, I know you were of the you can't start Mac Jones. It looks like Mac's going to start. What do you make of what has Uh, gone on on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and today? I mean, it's got to be as simple as Zappi is 20 million times worse than we all originally thought. That's got to be it. That's got to be it because – there's no way Max should be playing. Zero. And I think it's a mistake. And I think if it wasn't a bye week, he wouldn't be starting. And then maybe he goes out there and he's respectable and serviceable. It was like, ah, I told you so. Don't care. Don't care. The fact that Bailey Zappi couldn't, under these circumstances, get a start is a bigger indication that he will be out of the league next year. Uh, than uh, than than Mac just you know being better than him that that that's the only thing I can think of it was wide open wide ass open and he couldn't take it he couldn't get the spot you know it just that's amazing to me Fourier did you ever play with anybody who over the course of the week in practice didn't really shine on the practice field but then when it came to Sunday they just were game ready and were able to go out and maybe do things they weren't able to do during the week in practice because I gotta wonder Bailey Zappi clearly sucks in practice if he can't beat out Mac Jones but we've seen Mac Jones in these Sundays tense up uh, clam up get the yips all these things you know is there ever been somebody that maybe wasn't great in practice but you knew when Sunday came around they'd be good yeah, I don't. I mean, if, if, real quick before I answer that, like to not to not be able to shine during practice, during scripted for success plays is amazing to me. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, wasn't um, wasn't that before Jimmy Garoppolo became like sexy Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, like wasn't that kind of his narrative that he was not a practice guy, but you know, when games would come around, he'd play great. I feel like that's who he was. Uh, but uh, but you know I'm sure there's more, but that's the one significant one that I can actually having a moniker of hey he's a better game player than he is. Oh, you know who else was uh, Kendrick Bourne? Kendrick Bourne was a terrible practice guy even when he was with 
the San Francisco 49ers. He was a, he was a reps guy. He made tons of mistakes in practice. And then when he would get to the game, at least for San Francisco, and even with the Patriots, because that was the biggest concern with him, was that he would shine. Like, it was all fine. So he'd make all his mistakes during practice, and then when the game would start, you know, he'd be fine. You know, which is odd to me, because I don't know how you can have faith in somebody that 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 can't have any success in practice in November. Remember, it's November. Everything is easier. Everything is shorter. Everybody's tired and hungover and hurt. And you can't shine. You know, it's just mind-boggling. None of this makes sense. Well, none of it. All right. So let me let me try to make at least a little sense of it. And there's a report out there saying that Zappy had one bad particular day in practice, and some are tying it into Wink Martindale, the Giants' defensive coordinator, and the fact that this guy brings a ton of pressure schemes. And you've got Mac Jones with what forty starts under his belt in terms of seeing it, and apparently Zappy didn't. Does that at least make a little sense from the who could start the game standpoint? Yeah, I mean, listen, if we're, if we're digging for clues, that could be a viable one, I guess. Because if that is, and that's what I would do if I was the Giants, I would test them. Uh, for one, your offensive line is not very good. Two, your weapons are not good. Three, you're not going to give this young quarterback, if it was Bailey, a bunch of options and variations of plays you're going to give him one read and tell him to throw it, and that would kind of that would kind of you know, kind of give them the advantage. So I could easily see that. I still think that I still think that's going to exist with Mac, um, but he does have more reps. He does have more experience. I just can't imagine like how bad everything ended out in Germany. That after everything that's happened and all the time that has gone by. They still believe that that's the best chance for them to win. It's just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's mind-boggling to, I think, not just you, but fans and sort of everybody. And it also sort of brings into question, like, you look at all the moves that they've made at quarterback this year for you, and there's dozens of them. I mean, you know, Ian Book and Matt Corral and Trace McSorley and all these guys they brought in for backups who they kind of cycled through and then ended up cutting. They just cut Will Greer. You know, is there maybe something to be said for the overall quarterback evaluation in this uh, in this organization, in this franchise? Is that something Absolutely. that... Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, we'd, be, we'd be foolish not to sit there and look at the guy who's picking the groceries. I mean... And and that and that to me is it's like Mac Jones must have a horseshoe stuck up his butt somewhere because or he's just tiptoeing and tap dancing around all these landmines because they keep blowing up in his face and he's still alive. So because because the evaluation of the other guys that they bring in are, are either they don't have any they they're left with a uh, you know a very slim amount of options. So they bring in Ian Book, so they bring in Will Greer, then they cut him, then they cut Bailey Zappi, then Malik Cunningham's not even a, a possibility, even though they kind of tested the market with him, and that didn't work. So they're literally just, I can easily see, like, what do you want her to do? Like, we have no, this, this is all we got. And they're just forced, begrudgingly, I might add, I, it's got to be begrudgingly, march that guy out there and just let him take it again. I mean... I mean, unbelievable. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Fourier. Is there something that they still see in the guy? Like, is there still something there? Or is this just as simple as, well, we don't love any of them, but we trust this guy the most to not screw it up even though he has? 
Listen, even Bill O'Brien said it last week. He's like, you know, it's, there's a, 10 other guys on that team, and I will admit, even though I'm just tired of seeing Max, so no matter what scenario you put in front of me, I'm just over it. You know, I'm just I'm walking away from it. It's not worth it to me anymore. Um, but there's, there's, but you can easily point the blame to the offensive line and, you know, the receivers and the play calling. or You know, then you can also put a big chunk on him and just, you know, and then blame it on the coaches for allowing him to get to a place where he can't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. And so, and now you just you just got to force to try and make the best of it, encourage him, tell him that he's good enough, you know, pat him on the back. Don't yell him in anymore. I don't know if you can yell at him because last time they yelled at him, like he legit just pooped in his pooped his pooped himself. So that's off the table. So I, I, I mean, I guess the question I have is, how good does he have to play to keep playing in this game? Like, how good? Like, is it one interception? Is it a bad read? Is it like if he just takes sacks and doesn't, you know, risk throwing the ball into a team meeting? Will that keep him going out there? What does it have to look like for him to play all four quarters? Is it really just don't, don't turn? It, is it really just don't turn it over? If I think if he doesn't turn it over, I think he he probably I think they can live with that. They probably believe that the turnovers were the worst thing. And I also think is like so he if he overthrows a, a receiver, you'll probably live with that because you know Bailey can do that. But if he does stuff like he did in Germany or weeks before. Where even if you see him like almost get sacked and two hand under half, underhand toss it to uh, you know Ramondre Stevens, you, you sit there and go, okay, it's coming, get him out. I think you have to be proactive and go, oh, I see the signs again. Let's not get to where he's throwing it off his back foot to her, to a defensive back who's not even expecting the ball. That you would sit there and go, and that I would think would be a coach's lesson to learn. Foyer, speaking of uh, coaches' lessons that you can learn here, what is it? Uh, what is, what effect does it have on a locker room when there's such indecisiveness about who's starting a quarterback, especially on the offensive side of the ball? And we've also heard from reports that maybe things are a little divided there about who those players wanted quarterback. How can uh, how can an experience like this one, a full bye week followed by a week of practice where both of those guys are getting first team reps, what does that do to a locker room? So I've been through this multiple times, and Gresh and I have talked about it a lot. I think at the end of the day, you're just a day laborer, and you just you don't care. You don't care. You, you get hired, you do the job, you don't care. Throw it to you. Have to kind of have that mindset because it is 100% out of your control. You have absolutely no say in it. <clears throat> All right, I'm, okay, I don't like this. This guy's better. Okay, I like the way this guy throws. All right, well, you know, well, let me drop the other guy's balls to make it look like he throws a bad ball. I mean. I don't think you actually have any recourse whatsoever. You're just clocking in. Oh, look, it's Mac today. Catch his passes, go home. Come in, clock in. Oh, look, it's Bailey today. Hey, Bailey, how you doing? And that's it. That is it. Neither one of them has built a good enough resume to really, I don't know, uh, you know, convince the other players that he's the best option. The only reason why Bailey's the best option is because you're sick of what Mac gives you. It's not like Bailey's won anything or he's won everybody, anybody over. He's just the next best thing based on the other thing. Uh, I seen from Chris Mason here for you that Kayshawn Booty 
is catching kickoffs and warm-ups alongside Ty Montgomery and Ramondre Stevenson. I know Devontae Parker is back up. Is that a easy way to get a rookie involved, or is that something you might not want a rookie handling because of the ball handling required? Man, I tell you what, it, it is uh, – I guess um, you're just going to have to have faith because I would say rookies, um, you know, uh, if you get the ball into their hands – like what any way possible with a guy like Booty who's got some who's got some explosiveness, got some wiggle, got some big play possibility in him. Uh, they don't really they don't really have a lot of tape on him, so they don't really know how to cover him, how to guard him, which angles to take. You know, will you be surprised by his speed if you take a sharp angle? All that stuff. But to me, I look at those rookies like if a basketball player has the yips and, and they can't make any shots. I always tell my kids to find a way to get fouls and get to the basket so you can just take your time and watch the ball go in the hoop. You know, and I feel like that's something with Kayshawn Buddha that you what you could do. Let's just, let's just get the ball in his hands. Let's let him return punts. Now let's give him a slip screen, a stick nod, something real. He doesn't have to think. You know, he's got some space. But there's openings out there for guys to get more reps. It's it just hopefully, like, you know, it, it, it's up to them whether or not they take advantage of it. Considering the way the second half of that Colts game was going for you, a lot of runs, especially in the fourth quarter, it seemed like they were handing off almost uh, almost every snap, it seemed like, uh, until that big interception. Do you think that they're going to lean heavy on the run game today? I would. I would. I know you watched that Colorado game uh, yesterday. Bet your ass. Can, and the one, th- the one thing that was different for me, even though, uh, you know, Shador Sanders tapped out because he's just a baby. What a grinder. Anymore. What a grinder, though, Sanders. Uh, hey, that kid, that kid uh, the, the backup, he had some balls that kid. He made a couple throws. Well, and he did. And if you notice, like, the philosophy, the game plan was totally different. Yeah. Like, even though their offensive line isn't great, like, they protected him. And he, I don't even think he was sacked once. And I feel like that's what the Patriots need to do. Like, your philosophy needs to be, like, the, the simplest and least, uh, you know, chance for disaster. And that needs to be running the ball. It needs to be forcing the issue. Run it on third and four. You know, run it on – just run it. Run it in different ways. Run it in different formations. Like, give yourself some court, uh, some confidence. Let your offensive linemen dig in and move forward instead of moving back and always retreating. It's just too easy because they do have a pretty good sack guy, K- K- uh, Thibodeau, on their side that's got a bunch of sacks. And – I just wouldn't want to like put him in a, put the offensive lineman in a position where they're just you know they're going to lose. And if I'm any quarterback, I know that guy's out there, and I don't I know I don't have a lot of time. So I would say if they if they don't run it 35 to 40 times, they have it. They, they need to they haven't run it enough. Uh, Foye, quickly, I only mentioned this because it was mentioned by Jay Glazer on Fox. He said there's been tension building between Giants head coach Brian Dayball and D.C. Wink Martindale and that they're in a, quote, bad place, end quote, per Jay Glazer. I know last year Dayball was being praised for hiring people he didn't know. So I guess when it goes bad, this is kind of to be expected. Like, we're not seeing any of this kind of stuff going on in New England in terms of the head coach and somebody else getting sideways on the staff. Uh, any bearing into today's game if the head coach and the D coordinator on the other side are in a, quote, bad place? 
But no, I don't think it matters. But the one good thing about it, you hired a guy that you didn't know, so it's just as easy to fire him. There's no emotional connection to him. You have no no history with him. So it'd probably be easy just to let him go. You're hiring him to do a job, and you don't think he's doing it very well, so you fire him. And then you just and then you blame all your losses on somebody else. Um, but um, I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna. That's that to me is like the underlining story. Like if they end up yelling and screaming at each other on the sideline, which I've seen a bunch of times, that would be great. Like that would just be perfect. Like two teams circling the drain, two of the worst teams in the NFL, and then there's fighting on the sideline between the coaches. You won't see that with Bill, though. I mean, at least they have enough like poise and pride to not like embarrass himself publicly fighting on the sideline. Dear Lord, this is what it's come to. I don't know. Brian and Mac, I was, <laughs> he was screaming at him last uh, two weeks ago. Oh, but that's coaches and players. You're not going to be coach on coach prime. But that that's you won't yeah. see that. That's, that's like that's like Billy O and Brady yelling at each other. Yeah. That's a part of the deal. Yeah, that's no big deal. Yeah. There we go. No, you got it in. No big deal. Big deal right. or no big deal. You got it in there. <laughs> no big deal. Uh Foyer, what happens today? I think they win. I think the score is would you have it five to three or six. something like that? Something stupid. Six, six five. I love it. Six, six, five, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could say 13 and a half to 9.7, <laughs> but I can't. I wish I could just take an average of it. Um, but I think the Pats win. I don't know the score. Neither team puts up a lot of points. Giants are at like just over 13. You know, Patriots at like 14. So call it, you know, 17 to 10, maybe, possibly. Maybe a non-offensive touchdown in there, sprinkled in, something to that effect. Oh, um, a big, I think the Pats win. A big booty kick return would light the world on fire, I'll I tell you. I would love a big booty kick return. <laughs> you and me both, man. And on that, Fourier, I'll see you tomorrow at uh, Gillette starting at 10 a.m. Bye later. Right, there, go, there goes uh, Christian Fourier and his thoughts. Uh, Arcan and I will uh, look back and look ahead because it's that kind of week in the NFL. And here's Arcan with Trending. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. The Patriots will have starting left tackle Trent Brown. They will have Devontae Parker back in the lineup. 
Uh, looks like uh, Jawan Bentley is going to be back as well. And uh, Dietrich Wise, he yeah, was questionable. Dietrich Wise, and uh, I was trying to say JC Jackson will be back Jackson, as well. Jonathan Jones. Hey, it's interesting. Uh, we did not talk about uh, JC Jackson, who apparently came back at the beginning of the week and talked to the media on Tuesday and took all the blame yeah. for what happened. Bent the knee, hat in hand. Came back and said, you know what? It was my fault. I wasn't there for bed check. I should have been. It was a bad play on my part, bad mistake on my part. It's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. You yeah, know? Like, I, I really wasn't expecting that from him. I was expecting him to get cut, honestly. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I didn't think that once they cut Jack Jones, yeah. I didn't think they were going to cut JC as well. But definitely for a period of time, it made you wonder, okay, like, what's really going on here with these uh, two players? And does New England want to keep him? I'm convinced more than ever. Jack Jones shot his way out. As soon as Antonio Pierce got the head coaching job, uh, there's video that I found, Arcan going back to 2019 when Pierce was at Arizona State. Being like, oh, I've known Jackie since he was 13. And it's like, oh, really? You know him Jackie well Jr. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when- <laughs> Jackie April. There you go. That's a good Sopranos pull right there. Thank you. At, uh, so it, it it is interesting that uh, Jack Jones is gone and J.C. Jackson has done the mea culpa. So now it looks like it's going to be J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones out there starting, which is what this team desperately needs. And by the way, I'm fine with J.C. Jackson doing his mea culpa, but I like him to play a little bit better, you know, because you go out now and make a play, because yeah. you break up a pass, or maybe, I don't know, pick something off. If this was the reset <laughs> for J.C. Jackson, I'm completely with you, then hopefully it ends up showing it on the field because, you know, there is no guarantee for the guy next year. Although in the last two years, he's made a butt ton of money, and for an undrafted guy, that's, you know, life-changing Definitely. stuff. All right, let's get to uh, – let's go backwards and go to the uh, Thursday games where there was a bit of a shocker. The Packers beat the Lions 29-22. The Packers were up 20-6 to after the first quarter. And I don't think the Packers are necessarily any good – but I'm now starting to question the Lions a little more, who slid to 8-3. and three. Yeah, I was uh, very surprised to see that because the Lions weren't some, you know, team that I felt like was fraud. Like, you know, the Dolphins are kind of fraudulent this year. They've only beaten these bad teams. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of wins over good teams. Like, I feel like the Lions have, they beat the Packers earlier this year. They beat the Chiefs. Like, they've had some quality wins this year. I don't think there's some, uh, you know, pardon the expression, paper tiger. I think they're a team that's very uh, competitive and can go out and beat anybody. But the Packers really uh, put them in their place in Detroit, which I was not expecting. I don't think anybody was expecting that. I think Vegas made up for the whole week with that one game. I agree. uh, Because everyone was on Detroit, and they probably should have been. But yeah, Jordan Love uh, was great in that game. Three touchdown passes I think he had. Uh, He looked good. He was in control of the offense from the very beginning. And Detroit, as good as they are, does have a defense that can be vulnerable sometimes. You know, they got they got some guys up front, but you can pass on that defense. You can uh, you can go down the field on them. And if they're not clicking on all cylinders offensively, which they weren't, the Packers, I don't know what they were doing on defense, but they really flummoxed uh, Jared Goff, which you haven't seen much of this year, uh, to be sure. So yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting game and one that you know that's why that's why Vegas has those big casinos. No you know? question, that's right. <laughs> I, I, that's why when I play craps, I play the don't pass because <laughs> right. that. That's how they were built. Uh, Cowboys 
just rolled the Commanders 45-10. to 10. Uh, It has led to the firing of Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator in Washington. Uh, the Cowboys scored an embarrassing 25 points in the fourth quarter when they were uh, really trying against uh, Washington. So the Cowboys are 8-3. and three, The Commanders are 4-8. and eight. Commanders are an afterthought. But Lions, Cowboys, both are eight and three. And if you said to me right now, Arcan, you have a you have a full one hundred dollar unit that you've got to put on one of those teams in a game, I don't know who I would lean. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I think I might go Dallas just because they've been so. I feel like they've had like statement wins, you know, like big blowout wins where they're just, you know, leaving teams in the dust and running up the score mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, that 07 Patriots thing, which I mean, we remember how that all ended too, but there's, there's something to be said. And I know it's not great sportsmanship or whatever, but there's something to be said for winning games that way, as opposed to how like the chiefs have won a lot of their games this year, you know, not putting up a ton of points, not going crazy and having some big high flying offense and scoring all these touchdowns and running it up in the fourth quarter and all that, which isn't to say that, one's better than the other. I mean, they're both wins and you win the game how you win the game. And the Chiefs, I think, are probably, if it's the Chiefs versus either of those teams, I'd probably take the Chiefs just because of their situational uh, awareness and the way they win these close games. But, you know, you look at the dominance that Dallas has given you, it's hard to it's hard to ignore that. Well, it's funny because uh, Dallas has been dominant and have had some lopsided scores, but the three teams they've lost to mm. are the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. The Cardinals that game, yeah. Right? And then here are the wins. Giants, Jets, Patriots, Chargers, Rams, Giants, Panthers, Commanders. Mm. Man, that's why I wonder if the Easy Cowboys, are, are they fattening up? Well, now the Cowboys are about to get them some because the next three weeks they go Seattle, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. So we'll learn whether yeah. the uh, Cowboys are real. You'll find out what they're made of in well, that stretch. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that's another uh, that's another one of those uh, possibilities where you're like, oh, if they tank, Mike McCarthy could be gone, and then there could be more change over there. Uh, and in the last game on Thanksgiving, the 49ers beat the Seahawks 31-13. And you hate to say, oh, same old boring script. Uh, 49ers are now 8-3. and three. They score 31, McCaffrey scores, they run the ball, Purdy looks okay, yada, yada, yada. We move on to next week. Yeah, and Seattle, I mean, listen, it's a division game. I thought maybe there'd be a little more resistance from Seattle. I didn't think they had a real chance to win this, but you could tell by the by the half that this one was over. Yeah. This one wasn't going to go their way. And Geno Smith, I mean, he's been a real interesting story, the way that he's sort of come back and resurrected his career. But these last couple of weeks, he looks like the old Geno Smith. I know, and I'm having a hard time with Geno Smith because – you know, he fits well. It seems that he fits into the way Seattle wants to play. But even then, there are still times where the guy is uh, up and down. Here's what it is, is that if you're a if you're a nine-win Seahawks team with Geno Smith, you're still kind of being like, uh, but are we really that good? Right. And Pete Carroll might be coming to the end of the run. So, like, I don't know sort of where the direction is uh, headed in Seattle. And then the Dolphins beat the Jets 34-13 to uh, in a game that was played in the middle of the afternoon on Black Friday, which apparently Black Friday now means nothing anymore because of the World Wide Web. But anyway, uh, the uh, the Jets started Tim Boyle and, uh, well, 179, a touchdown, two picks. Jets couldn't run the ball. Dolphins ran the ball. Tua looked good. Although, did you see the gash on Tua's arm? Yeah. During the game. That it looked was like down he got bit by beat. a zombie or something. It like, was weird, yeah. wasn't it? Like, I'm like, is that tendon? Like, what the hell is that? I know. How does that happen? Like, I've seen, guy, I've seen guys, like, slide on the turf. 
and pull up and skin before, burn, you know, yeah. like a real like nasty burn. I've never seen it go all the way into their body before, you know, like it I've never like seen an exacto it. knife got him or something. Yeah, that was and, weird. Yeah, it was very very weird. You ever seen that show uh, Westworld? No. God okay, no. so it's the show about this. Like, I don't even want to get into it too I've much. I've seen nothing. It's this HBO show, and it's this theme park where there's these like very realistic looking robots, and it's the old west, Ooh. and you can go around and do like adventures, and you know have sex with the women, all this stuff. It's this very weird show. I was gonna say that sounds fantastic. I mean, they're robots, but whatever. Anyway, they, if you like shoot one of them, that's what it looks like. It looked like Tua with his arm, you know, with the, I, with I, the exoskeleton underneath. It. You know what I kept thinking of was the man that's gonna ruin his tattoo. Yeah, because his ink is very. Uh, tribal and Samoan in nature, like mm-hmm. islandy in nature. I don't know how in the world they make that work, but anyway, two ended up getting it done, and the uh, the Jets uh, were losers to the Dolphins. Here are the one o'clock games today in a real uh, kiss your sister battle in the NFC South. The five and five Saints will be at the four and six Falcons. Arcand, I got my eye on the Falcons as a team to keep an eye on, and I know you're down on the Belichick sweepstakes. I think there will be uh, teams that will jump in, and I wonder if Arthur Blank is one of those guys that might be looking for a uh, head coach after this season, only if for anything else is that the results aren't there in Atlanta. He's a guy who's getting older. Makes me wonder if there could be change by the time it's all said and done. But I don't think either one of these teams, the Saints or the Falcons, are really all that good. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect that either. Even you know, even in New Orleans, Dennis Allen, I don't think his job's super secure. I'm kind of with you on that, and yeah. and I know somebody on that staff down there who uh, there's a lot of good coaches on that staff who could get jobs like that in the league if it does blow up. Yeah, probably. Um, and yeah, I, I'd all around say that a game like this one isn't exactly going to light up the uh, the playoff picture or anything but I've told you all along I kind of like the Falcons just because they're so young and there's so many good young offensive players on that team and I'm just sort of a sucker for teams like that you don't want to root for them or you know put any stake in them making it to the playoffs or going on a run or anything but I do find them entertaining when their games are on so I'll probably have an eye on this one when it pops up on red zone uh, and then we've got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati Pittsburgh heads to Cincinnati to take on the uh, the five and five Bengals we know that there is no Joe Burrow, right. no T. Higgins in this game as well, no running back Chris Evans. So you've got some uh, real injury situations that are going on for uh, Cincinnati. Uh, and then there's Pittsburgh, who are 6-4. and four. Uh, in, the, in the words of the great George Costanza, they're not pulling ahead, but they're not falling behind. No, but I will say this. Last week they played another team who didn't have their starting quarterback. Deshaun Watson was out for Cleveland and they went up against Dorian, what's his face? Dorian the, Thompson Robinson. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the backup and I'll, Kenny Pickett could not do anything against that Cleveland defense yep. which is very, very good and Cincinnati's defense isn't as good as Cleveland so maybe it won't be as much of a challenge for them but I was really disappointed in the way the Steelers played against a uh, against a beat up Cleveland team and I'm not really feeling great about that. What are they, two and a half point favorites on the road here? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. I don't love that. I, I might not touch this game just because I don't know the, the Steelers. They'll always they'll always end up you know just barely winning, but they'll they'll have a winning season. I'm sure this year be more of the same nine and eight, maybe ten and seven if they uh, if they get an extra win. But I I don't feel good about them in this game at all. I, I hate Kenny Pickett. I hate watching him play. And it feels like the Bengals are about to slide if for anything else because the injuries have just caught up to them. Uh, also, what's the over under on that one? It's got to be low, right? Uh, I I'm gonna say it's probably uh, 35 and a half, something like that. Hang on here. Let Thirty. Me, uh, I see thirty six five on ESPN. Wow, my pretty, pretty God. low. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking on Higher sports than for Patriots Island, Giants, it's 36. but it's low. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was an offensive league. 
Apparently that uh, apparently that is not happening this now year. With Jake Browning out there. Well, uh, we got the seven and three Jaguars at the six and four Texans. We know C.J. Stroud is playing very well. The Jaguars have uh, had their quarterback for at least the past couple of years now, and Trevor Lawrence. And so you've got a, a battle of uh, well, a number one against a number two pick, and the Texans at six and four are alive in this thing. If they end up uh, a game under 500 and don't make the playoffs, that's still a pretty big step forward for Houston. Yeah, absolutely. And Houston is uh, is the type of team that should be inspiring for Kraft and the Patriots if they're thinking about going in a different direction. That's a team that you can sort of look at and say, hey, you know, yeah, if, keep you have, trying. if you have the right guys in play, if you, you know, and Casario, I think, has done a great job with that team and that roster. But if you have the right guys in place and you hit on the right quarterback and you bring in the right coach and just a couple of things go right for you and break the right way you don't have to be the Jets and suck forever you don't have to be you know the Browns and suck forever you can turn it around you can be a team that is competitive right away and has a quarterback that looks like he could be special and all these other things like that's that's possible it's it's hard to do but it's definitely possible and the uh, Texans are proof of that Texans have the Jaguars and the Broncos the next two weeks Mm. so uh we'll be interesting to see how Houston comes out of that uh in Indianapolis the four and six bucks are against the five and five Colts Colts just straight up released Shaq Leonard this yeah. week. Uh, I had him on the bitchin' list as the, hey, keep an eye on this guy. Well, they just shipped him off into the sweet good night, and I guess it ends up saving the Colts, like, I don't know, six or seven million dollars in the end, and they move on from him next year, but clearly it didn't fit. But Bucks and- Colts, you got a thought? Uh, I don't. Well, just that no one's picked him up. You know, Bingo, that's Leonard, it. No, one, no one's picked him up, and that's too bad because he was a great player very recently. But it seems like things have really sort of fallen apart quickly for him. I don't have much on this game. I mean, you know, the Colts are still technically alive. Uh, if they win and, and Houston loses, then I think they're tied in the division. So it's uh, it's important for them. But for the Bucks, I think they're, they're playing themselves right out of that uh, crappy division there. Big game for the Chicago Bears today as the 1-9 Panthers are at the 3-7 and seven Tennessee Titans for get the titans end of it if you're the bears i was gonna say if you're the bear a bears or a bears fan you are rooting hard for mm-hmm. tennessee to win today considering you own their uh first round pick next year which could end up being number one overall and woof one and nine are the panthers yeah this is an ugly one this is another 35 and a half over under here i actually think this game there might be some points just because both defenses are pretty bad so you know you might actually see bryce young get a playoff or two you might actually see derrick henry finally get in the end zone a couple of times like he's been absolutely worthless this year uh and anybody who won't He's been down. Yeah, tell you that he's. he's you had sound a like a fantasy year. owner of his. I'm not. I just happened to. I, <laughs> I have a couple of times had him as an anytime touchdown, just because he's had such a bad year. Yep. That I figure, all right, this is the year I'll break out. I'll sprinkle a little something on an anytime Henry touchdown. He just never gets him. He really never gets him. So uh, I would say I like Tennessee in this game. I still think they're better than the Panthers, but I think I like that over 35 in this one. Uh, the four and six Rams are at the two and nine Cardinals. That is a four oh five game. God bless those of you who get that in your area because the other 405 game is actually pretty juicy. The yeah. 7 and 3 Browns are at the 5 and 5 Broncos. Look like the Broncos bottomed out against Miami. It's been pretty good after that and the Browns at 7 and 3 I mean, they're a legitimate playoff contender, even though they do not have Deshaun Watson. Right, and that's a division now that looks a lot different than it did a couple of weeks ago now that Burrow and Watson are both out. But it's still the best division in football. The Bengals are 5-5. Five and five. They're 500, and they're in last place right now. And I think for Cleveland... 
I don't want to say you can afford a loss here, but it doesn't because they're you. still they're still chasing the Baltimore, but it doesn't kill you. You're right, exactly. You. They, this is a game where even if they do sort of fall short, it's a game Denver needs way more than Cleveland needs, and I think that might uh, play out as the game goes on. So the Raiders are hot. Five and six, and they're hosting the seven and three Chiefs. If for anything else, I still think the Chiefs are going to win this game, but I'm curious to see what the Antonio Pierce, you know, let me get you all horned up and fired <laughs> up, you know, defensively, Raiders are going to do against this Kansas City team. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing that too, because even last week against the Dolphins, that was a close game. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a one score game. The Dolphins only put up 20 points against the defense that I didn't really think was all that special, uh, even except when they played the Patriots, I guess. But there may be something there. Pierce may have something going with this team just yep. in terms of motivation. Uh, I'm not sure the X's and O's or anything special, but I wouldn't predict a win, but what's the spread? Nine and a half, something like that? I think so, yeah. Kansas City comfortably. I think I like the Raiders there. I I don't mean Kansas City. I'm sorry, I don't mean Kansas City comfortably to cover, as in it's a big number, (laughs) as if people think it's going to be Kansas City comfortably. Uh, Also at 425, I would argue the game of the weekend. Mm -hmm. Six and five Bills at the nine and one Eagles. Oh boy. I'll tell you what, it's a real thin sheet of ice that the Buffalo Bills are standing on right now. It really now. is. And they did get some of that back last week, I would say. You know, they definitely um, against the Jets looked like they were head and shoulders the better team out there. And uh, I was a game that I thought might be sort of tricky for them considering they lost in week one and that Jets defense really seemed like it had Josh Allen figured out, but they didn't really at all. Uh, not in that not in that game last week. And the Eagles, though, you know, the Eagles are just such a force this year and really are just uh, – they, they don't blow out every team they play, but they do win, and they do find ways to win. And with Buffalo, I feel like they're just so Jekyll and Hyde this year that it's hard not to like Philly. I think Buffalo is getting to a bit of a crossroads in terms of the way they've built it yeah. because there was that, hey, we didn't get the ball back in Kansas City, and it just hasn't clicked since. So do they look to kind of shuffle the deck a little bit? Uh, two other games to get to. Sunday night football. The Ravens are at the Chargers. If the Chargers lose this game, they are four and seven. And you look at the schedule the rest of the way for them. If they lose this one, they do have New England next. But then it's Broncos, Raiders, Bills, Broncos, Chiefs. Not a not the toughest schedule, not the easiest schedule, but at four and seven, they're going to lose enough to be out of the playoffs. Yeah, and I think they're going to get to four and seven. And I like it's a small line too, right? It's like minus three and a half, I think. Skinny. Baltimore on the yep. road, so <clears throat> I'd be I'd be leaning heavily into that. I think the Chargers. Uh, you heard that coach. You heard uh, what's his name at the end of that game when they questioned about him in the oh, defensive yeah, play calling. Staley yeah. was like, "Wow, I'm going to be making the calls." And blah, 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 blah. it's like, "All right, dude, fine." But you understand why we're asking these questions, mm-hmm. don't you? At least. And that's what it is. I mean, that, that that's sort of what it's about. The Ravens are just really strong, really underrated defense, too, uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, one of the top defenses in the league. And I think they're going to just uh, – I think they're going to dog walk the Chargers. Yeah, though. I'm not as up on, char- on the Chargers as other people are. There's just something that isn't right there. Uh, and then on Monday Night Football <laughs> – yeah, I'm so with you. This game sucks. The three and eight Bears against the six and five Vikings. Get ready for Josh Dobbs Love Fest coming up on Monday night from ESPN because that is about the only thing they have to sell. And don't look now, but if the Vikings win, they're seven and five, yep. and they may have just come through the storm. But they got to beat. They're better than Chicago. 
they got to beat Chicago. Don't yeah. go backwards here. I would imagine that's uh, that's going to happen, but you know, it could be one of those random Justin Fields bust out games that they have. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not. I'm probably not touching this one. Either. I'm with you too. <laughs> I, I don't, the bad teams. No, no, no. I don't want anything to do with it. Too much uh, variance. We'll give you a couple of picks and a prop before we are out of here on Weei Football Sunday. We are right back to Weei Football Sunday on Weei. Just kind of perusing through some of the Patriots props as we uh, get ready to head out of here on WEEI Football Sunday. And uh, no posted Mac Jones passing props. But, boy, they got all the all the receivers laid out. Uh, if you are ye of little faith with uh, Devontae Parker, you can go under 21 and a half yards with him right now at minus 120. And I want to say the receptions for Parker are set at one and a half. So, Tread lightly on uh, however you'd want to uh, handle that because, Arcan, the one thing about betting, if you are predictive in a good way, you can also be predictive in a bad way and That's make right. the market work for you. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, and I felt like last week I was being predictive in the bad way. If anyone faded me last week, they were doing a great job. But, uh, yeah, my two pick, I got two picks and a prop. Yep. Uh, my picks are Eagles minus three and the Ravens minus three. The Eagles at home against the Bills. Ravens on the road tonight against the Chargers. And my prop bet is for this Patriots-Giants game. I like over 19.5 receiving yards for Saquon Barkley. Oh, my. So you went the uh, Barkley route. Yeah. I know that uh, Pop Douglas is around 48 or something like that in terms of the yards, four and a half on the catches. Um, and the Patriots right now are, uh, depending on where you're at, minus four, minus four and a half. So it has creep, uh, has crept up a little bit uh, towards the Patriots being bigger favorites in this one. Don't know if that report about the coaching kerfluffle down there in New mm. York uh, affected any of the uh, markets or anything like that. I'm on Jacksonville minus one. I know they're on the road, but I just think they're the better team. It's skinny. You know, if you want to take them on the money line, because, uh, again, you know, the minus one, they, they win by one. Granted, it's a push. But how often does it land on one? It's normally three, four, seven, and sometimes nine, depending on uh, how it ends up shaking down in the gambling world. But I'm going to go with Jacksonville. And uh, the only other one that's jumping out to me, so I don't want the blame Okay, when they lose. But Broncos minus two against the Browns. I have no faith in the Browns on the road. I know their defense is going to travel. Yeah. Uh, but Russell Wilson has played a better brand of football. And I think he and uh, Sean Payton have kind of started to figure out how to become much more copacetic. And I think when you've got a quarterback that can move a little bit, problematic for the uh, Browns, but I like Denver minus two. I'm starting to feel him a little bit. Yeah. Peyton knows what he's doing. He does, and I'll say this too. It seemed like that was a real disaster at the beginning of the year. It seemed like the Peyton mm -hmm. trade was a big, big mistake for Denver, and as they've started to win, that started to look better, and I think that that's a good thing, sneaky for Bill Belichick, right? I mean, in the crafts, really, if, you, if you're sort of looking at it that way. Here's a team that traded picks for an older coach, not as old as Bill, but an older coach to bring him out of retirement, and at first it looked like a really bad 
idea and like a cautionary tale. And now it's starting to look like maybe not such a bad idea. And hey, maybe this team's coming around. And hey, maybe bringing an old coach into a to a team like this isn't a bad idea. So that could be a potential good thing for Bill Belichick. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you on that. And if you're the Crafts, you want you want interest. You right. want interest. Uh, I'm gonna go on my uh, prop today over two sixty one and a half for Josh Allen passing. Okay. The only way the Bills are gonna win is for him to go. You know, go into the phone booth and change and put on Superman's cape. He's gonna have to run around, make a ton of plays. You know, catch a couple of coverage busts, which whenever you can run around the way Josh Allen can, I think he's going to go uh, over that 261 and a half. Folks, do not forget that the Six Rings postgame show comes your way after the game right here on WEI. Fitzy and Hart will be all over it. Don't miss it. Cadillac jumps in. Foyer jumps in as well. And uh, that is it for us. We'll be all over it tomorrow. As of now... Knock on wood, scheduled to be at Gillette. Yep. We'll see how that goes. That is always TBD when it comes to whether we'll be at Gillette for a uh, Patriots Monday tomorrow. Enjoy the games, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow, starting with the Greg Hill Show at 6 a.m. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.